Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Welcome back to the program. We are blessed that you have decided to take some time out of your day and join us. And so if this is your first time joining us here on Shouts of Grace Radio, we want to say welcome. And we are very blessed that you have taken um, some interest in uh, just going into God's Word, as that's what we do here at Shouts of Grace. We will uh, take a passage. Sometimes we take a topic and we just kind of expound on it, um, given a Christian worldview, of course, applying Scripture um, just to kind of educate the body of Christ. Many avenues by which to do that. This is simply one of them. And so if you've joined us for the first time, uh, we hope you are pleased with what you hear. And also to let you know that we do have a website. If you do like what you hear, you can go back and listen to uh, over 200 past um, episodes here on Key Radio. Um, they are now in the form of a podcast. And so you can go to shoutsofgraceradio.com or you can go to um, any of the podcast uh, platforms and you can download, um, like I said, a couple hundred episodes episodes, five years worth, just about, gosh, five years we've been doing this. Amazing. Uh, but anyway, if you're a return listener, we want to say welcome back and thank you for your support. And as always, we want to thank Key Radio for the use of their studios here in Provo, Utah. And to let you know that Shouts of Grace Radio is a ministry, a radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain. And if you are ever in the Eagle Mountain area, the northern Utah County area, um, then we invite you to, to come to church. Uh, we meet at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at 9517 Mount Area drive there in Eagle Mountain, and we'd love uh, to meet you and, and, and be able to get to know you. Um, as usual, when we have an episode, um, normally it's me and um, a friend or a pastor or a church leader that joins me either in studio or on the phone. And so today, again, we're in studio with um, one of the pastors at Redemption Hill uh, Church and one of the elders, uh, Joe Funicello. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing good. Thank you, Steve. Awesome. Awesome. Joe, we've been seeing, man, at Redemption Hill, I know a lot of churches have right now, but we've been seeing a lot of people, um, you know, come to the Lord. Honestly, we've been seeing a lot of first time commitments, but what we've really been seeing is we've been seeing a lot of people return to the Lord, people that have walked away for whatever reason, um, you know, just kind of recommitting their lives. I mean, quite a few. I recently got back from Denver and saw a number of people rededicating their lives Joe, why why do you think that is that people are kind of, you know, coming back like when, you know, they they believe in God and, you know, for whatever reasons they walked away. But they're, they're coming back and they seem to be coming back in groves right now. Why? Why might that be? Well, I think one reason is that I think if they they are seeing the way the the world is going, they went out there and they tasted and they realized, hey, this wasn't the answer I thought, you know, mm. they come to the Lord. They experience him and they're moving along. And then for some reason, the enemy throws like a lure bright and shiny in their heart for a million different reasons. And they go that way. But the, they see the I think I think they're seeing what, what where the world is going. There's they realize that there isn't satisfaction in this that I went toward. And in uh, God's spirit is moving. Yeah. To call people back. I 100 percent agree. In fact, I, I, I think they see the danger 
right? The danger of partnering up with something that, you know, I think it's first John uh, 2.15 says, um, all that's of the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life is of the world, and the world is passing away. And I think the Christians that have, like you said, departed from the faith for whatever reason are seeing the tangibility of the world passing away and all that that means. It's it's morality. It's the way it's thinking. It's just... It's insanity, and they're just—it's almost like the prodigal son, where you're sitting there eating the eating the slop, and it yes. says in one verse, "And he came to his senses." Uh-huh. And when he came to his senses, he's like, "What am I doing? Yes. I got to get back to my father." And I yeah. think people are people are seeing that. Well, I think we're seeing that a lot. In fact, I know, um, you know, for us at Redemption Hill, we we've we've watched a lot of people, um, you know, come back to the Lord um, that have gone away, and a lot of people are coming back. Um, because they were originally blown off course because they were hurt by church, you know? Oh, yes. and, and I, and I've talked to a lot of them. And, and so one, one of the things that we're doing at Redemption Hills, we're, we're giving them an invite to come back to a person, right? Not, in, not to amen. a church, yes. to a person, because yes. every church, which is ran by people at some point will do something you don't like, yes. will hurt you, but the person of Jesus Christ will never hurt you. Yes. And I think what's happened for a lot of people is they've experienced church and they experienced the organization and they've experienced the leadership and they've kind of felt like, Oh, at one time, this is my church. And then their church let them down and they saw the worst of mankind and it blew them off course. And they thought, man, if, if this is church, I don't want any part of it. Well, hold on. You know, if a church is built on a personality and the personality disappoints you then yeah. then understandably you would leave with some some bitterness or some angst in your soul but if you are following the person of Jesus Christ you might leave the church but you won't leave the person and yeah. and and you'll find you'll find sanctuary elsewhere and so a lot of people are returning to their first love and they're realizing like you said man this place is this world is insanity and so one of the things i want to do then this morning joe is in Ezekiel or in Ezekiel in in Exodus 34 um, there's, there's a declaration of who God is and it's given by God to Moses. And I think this is important given our state of affairs, because I think people that want to come back to the Lord, they need to know who they're coming back to. You're not coming back, as I said before, to a church, a different church, a new church, hopefully a better church. It has a better pastor, or better leadership. No, you're coming back to a person to the God of all eternity, and he's declared to us who he is and who it is or what it is we're coming back to. And so the story basically is Moses is getting ready to leave Mount Sinai after almost a year with the children of Israel. Um, God is, is, is going to lead him now to the borders of the promised land, but right before um, he does, God has this intimate moment with Moses where Moses says, show me your glory. And God says, I, I can't show you my glory because no man can see my face and live, right? No man can see my face and live so any person that would say well you know you know somebody saw god's face you know and now we're going to tell it god is saying that ain't possible right so here's what i'll do i'll stick you in a cleft of a rock i'll put my hand over you i'll pass by you and when i pass by i'll take my hand off and you can see my my afterglow is is what he's saying but what he also tells us is i will let all my goodness pass before you in exodus 33 and i will declare my name to you so as a christian 
the God of the Bible is declaring to me who he is right now in these in these verses. This is the picture of God, and this is what we are being conformed into when it says we're being conformed into his image in Roman in Romans 8 29. So here's what he says. Joe, if you can just read Exodus 34, verses six and seven, as God passes by Moses, stops and declares this to him. All right. Verse starting verse six. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Amen. God proclaims to Moses five things about his nature and then um he then transitions into three things that that god does and so the first thing he declares about his nature joe is that god is merciful explain that to the listener god is merciful because here's what's interesting you probably heard this you've been a believer longer than i have a lot of times you'll hear scoffers say well the two different gods, the God of the Old Testament yeah. and the God of the New. The God of the Old Testament yeah. is this just angry Zeus type of figure that stands and wants to crush people, kill yeah. the Canaanites, men, women, and children. Yeah. He's just unmerciful. But yet here we are in the Old Testament, and of all the things God could declare to a man that asks who he is, he says, first, I'm merciful. Amen. You know, it's interesting when you say, oh, the two gods, the God of the Old and the God of the New, you have Jesus in the New Testament say, I only do what I see the Father doing. Mm. And everybody goes, well, Jesus was merciful and he did all these things. And um, and so, of course, that's not true. And, and, and when God says here that he's merciful, um, he's someone that is willing to forgive, mm. willing to accept, willing to say, hey, let's start over and I will take care of your problems and your sins. He goes on and says that. But he's kind and he's compassionate. And I think of um, Isaiah um, 42 when the Lord says, uh, a, a bent reed I will not break and a smoking mm. flax I will not quench. He, that His heart is for the broken, the mm. lost, those that will look up and say, Lord, help me then then help me out because there's a question that i would have because on one hand god is merciful and and we're told that that mercy is a person not getting what they deserve right so uh-huh. so they deserve this but god is merciful and through repentance god chooses sovereignly to not give them according to what their sins deserve what the law right? required what the law required but here's the thing then how could God be just? Because if he's just letting the sinner go, you know, he's just having mercy because that's who he is. Well, then that's not just because justice is where the crime and the penalty intersect. So how can God be both? Yeah. Well, um, so there had to be a payment and somebody had to take that payment. And if you and I want to take that payment, we can. And then we suffer eternal uh, separation in all that goes with God's punishment. But Jesus took that for us. He took the curse. He went Mm. on the tree. He took the sin for us. He became sin for us that we don't have to do that. And so there's God's justice. In Mm. Isaiah 53, it says that it pleased him to crush Jesus because the justice was poured out on Jesus and the gates of heaven were open to the 
children of God are the children of men that would mm. put their trust in God and they become children of God. Amen. And so, so amen. So the cross then is the place where the crime and the penalty intersect. That's the place where, like you said, justice is served. So now God can be merciful yes. to the sinner because it's not that God is letting, if I'm hearing you correctly, it's not that God is letting the sinner off the hook. He's putting the son on the tree. Yeah. Yeah. So he, the, the payments being taken, it's like going to court and you're standing there and you have a $500 fine and somebody goes, I'll pay that for you. And they pay that fine and the judge goes, okay, it's paid. You can go or whatever. Amen. It's paid by Jesus Christ. Thank God. Hmm. And we put our trust in him. And, and that payment is given to us. Amen. And so now we're free. So when Lamentations 3 says that, um, our, that God's mercies are new every morning, explain that in light of the cross, the beauty of that. Well, um, it, it, you know, I actually thought about that this morning. You know, it's interesting when you, you can go to bed and, and like me and thinking about many things the whole day and everything. And then you wake up and it's like there is a brand. It's like the slate is clean again hmm. and the mind is clean and fresh. And, and and so it depends on what you put in it. And so you have this this freshness. You have this this cleanliness that you get to start a new day. And I think that's how God um uh, stated that that his mercies are new every morning the, the day from the past Paul would say hey I don't consider the past I drop it and I look forward to the high calling of Jesus Christ yeah. no matter what this day before on Sunday maybe it was a failure maybe it was a hard day today's a brand new day mm. God's mercy is fresh toward us he's not remembering our past on any day when we come to him and he has forgiven and forgot that and now we get a brand new start and I think the beauty of that verse if if we understand the context at which God is sharing it you know with God there's no night or day with God it's just eternity it's now but we don't operate in that yeah. realm yet so we only understand the beginning and end yeah. but the truth is God's mercy is perpetual it's all yeah. the time and so yeah, what he what he kind of tells yeah. us is I'm going to meet you on your level and let yeah. you know that even though this is a perpetual thing and you don't run out the mercy tank at 6 p.m. because you sin so much yeah. and you got to wait till morning till there's like a new batch of mercy. It's always for our own mind sake. God is saying, look it um, when you wake up. It's it's like you said, it is completely fresh, even though in reality it's fresh the second you sin, the second yeah. after you sin, because the penalty and the crime intersected at the cross, and that can never be undone. Amen. That's the beauty of God's mercy. Hey, you're listening to Shouts of Grace. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Shouts of Grace, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill or Pastor Steve, visit our website at rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's broadcast. Welcome back to the program. Um, we are in studio today with Pastor 
Joe Funicello. I almost forgot your name, bro. I'm getting older. That's okay. <laughs> I, I'm there. Who, who's across the table from me? <laughs> hey, it's me. <laughs> oh, uh, hi, Pete. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, we're, we're glad you joined us today. Uh, we're uh, talking about um, really kind of the nature and character of God as God expresses in Exodus 34 to Moses. And before the break, Joe, we just kind of started with uh, the declaration that God gives of himself in Exodus 34, 6, where he says, the Lord God, Lord is merciful. But then he says gracious. Talk about the graciousness of God. What does that mean? You know, um, grace is is very interesting because you have Peter saying, be strong in grace. You have um, in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Paul tells Timothy, the young pastor, to be strong in grace. Grace, I, I think grace is, well, it's God's unmerited favor. God is giving us something, a favor toward us that we never deserve, we never could earn, we never could do anything for, but we get that through Jesus Christ. So God has favor given to us. And I think um, when you, when you, because of course the New Testament through Paul and a little bit through Peter talk about that grace. It is that gift of favor God has given. So now I'm not doing anything. I couldn't anyway, which is wonderful. When you realize that (laughs) um, I'm getting God's favor given to me because of what Jesus Christ has done for me, taking my place and giving me his righteousness. And now I have all the favor of an adopted son of God, which is amazing. Amen. And it's not just in this life. It's also in what God has in store for us, right? I love what he says in in 1 Corinthians, I believe it's 2.9, where he says, I has not seen nor ear has heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those that love him. You know, it's interesting. Mercy is, okay, I'm not going to give you um, what you deserve, but grace in this context, the grace of God is seen that um, okay, you guys have complained from the minute I took you out of Egypt. You've you've completely, you know, you at this point you've made a calf. You've attributed your your salvation from Egypt to something that you made with your own hands and your own treasures, with is which is you know ridiculous. But God's whole point is, but I'm taking you to a promised land for my namesake. So I'm going to also I'm going to have mercy, but I'm also going to be gracious, and I'm going to take you to something that that you know you're going to inherit something you didn't gardens you didn't plant homes you didn't build yeah. it'll be flowing with milk and honey, and I think the ultimate fulfillment of that is found in that God is gracious to us in this life by giving us what we don't deserve you know a sustenance a family you know a marriage all that stuff but yes. it's ultimate fulfillment. Yes is what he's preparing for us. What Jesus said, right, in John 14, he said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go, I'll come back and receive you to myself. I mean, Joe, how do you explain in human vernacular this idea that when you get there, there's no sun? The brightness and the, and the, and the light comes from the Son of God. Yeah. I mean, how do I explain that to somebody? Like, you just be like, huh, there's no shadows in heaven, but it's glorious and it's bright, and there's the source is a person. Yeah, like that, you, you know what I mean. Yeah, just, I don't. It's it's mind blowing, yes. you know. So anyway, all that to say that I I love that 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 view of grace that God's bringing us something. He's given us something now we don't deserve, and taking us ultimately to something that we definitely don't deserve. It says that He's slow to anger, or um, some versions say that He's patient. Um, how thankful for you are oh, you for the patience? Well, very thankful because it reminds me of First Corinthians thirteen, and that's one of the attributes when Paul talks about love is being patient and being kind. And um, so when you see God being patient, you know, he's, 
I heard years ago as a young Christian, I never really grasped it, uh, but I heard it, and it was foreign to me that God is more patient with us than we are with ourselves. That's right. And and so, and I thought, and but I couldn't grasp that. I couldn't really understand that until I got mm-hmm. older, and then I realized, hey, you know what? Throughout all these years and all my mess-ups and all my wrong thinking or doing wrong, you never have been unpatient with me. That's right. You've never left me. Why are you so good? And then it goes back to God's grace, and then it's all paid on the cross. Then you realize, oh, my gosh, this is more about Jesus than me. That's right. You know what I mean? It's it's, Jesus has done this work, and Jesus is my righteousness. So I'm not sitting here reading this book and saying all the things I need to do to please God. I've already pleased it in Christ and so this becomes a delight like Psalm yeah. one talked about. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting because you know this this idea of patience really kind of drips down from Philippians one seven where it says that God who began a good work and you mm. will complete it. Yes. So so God begins a work and God will complete the work until the day of Jesus Christ, whether you go to be to him or he comes back for you. But here's the thing God started the work and God will finish the work. And like any work or any project, there's the space between the time it begins and the time it ends is messy. There, yeah. there are times, I mean, if you want to get into construction, you, you got to be patient during that time because things are being built. And I think to what you said, Joe, if God began the work in us and he knew what he was getting at the beginning, he knew what he wanted to make at the end. And so yeah. he knows the mess in between and the only way that God could even stay with us is if he was patient. So God yes. extends the patience to the sinner between the beginning and the end of the project because that's his nature. And so like you said, if God's going to give us patience, then I think we need to not be too hard on ourselves. Yes. Now, let's be clear, you know, not to mistake patience for passivity. God is not passive yes. towards <clears throat> sin. And if we no. sit in it and we don't cooperate and we choose to live in it, then that's very different because we're sure. told in Romans 2 that that God's patience is meant to bring about repentance. That's yes. what comes. And so I think this is a great picture of the character of God in between the time he starts the work of faith and the time we go home to be with the Lord. Yeah. He's, he's very patient with us. Yes. Um, it says another thing. I mean, a couple minutes that we have left. Um, the last minute we have left, touch on this real quick. It says um, he keeps um, steadfast mm. love, or I'm sorry, it says, um, I'm totally off here. Mm. In verse six, it says that at the end that he's uh, long-suffering, he's abounding in goodness and truth. Talk about the need to understand in the last two minutes that God is a truthful God. What does that mean to to the individual person? Because we live in a time and a day and age, Joe, where everything's a lie. Everybody's lying to you. They're telling you better than you really are. You're, you you took 21st place in a contest and they're giving you a participation trophy, <laughs> telling you that you're the most wonderful thing ever. Why is truth so important to worshiping God? Well, um, I think if, if you don't have truth, then you're going to be in a place like we talked about earlier, and I don't think it was on this broadcast, but you're at a place where you are, you're walking down a road, and you're at a place where you may not even be in the place of, of God's truth. You may be mm. completely off, and then God being truthful, uh, I, I like this because he's gracious and kind and merciful, he always brings us back to that truth. He yeah. always brings us back to a place of what is right 
what is true and not in a gray area where we are That's deceived. Right. We don't get deceived um, when we um, stick to God's delight in God's word and understand. And there's something mm. else that says here, his goodness. Mm. See, wow, we can look at circumstance, say God, God isn't good, but God is always good. And the things that always happen in every place, that's why Jesus wept when Lazarus died. He was going to raise him in just 30 seconds, but he wept because he saw the destruction and the things that take place that he never desired. God is yeah. always good. Amen. Man, We this one flew. We are out of time for today. Um, you know, I will just say this. Those who worship God, worship God in spirit and in truth. And God has given the Holy Spirit, who is said to be the spirit of truth, who Jesus said will lead you and guide you into all truth. If you want to follow the Lord, you are going to be led to a place of truth. So surrender and um, and let God tell you what that truth is. Hey, uh, we're out of time. God bless you guys. Hope to see you next time on Shouts of Grace. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If you've been encouraged in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.